Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. This is a really exciting time for the church, um, and uh, it's also a time where we sort of, uh, I guess, what's the right way to put it? Um, this is a day of grief. This is a day of, of kind of mourning in some ways, too, because this is a day that we celebrate. Even though we kind of do things crazy here and it feels like we're doing this really new sort of church thing, we're also kind of this ancient future, right, where they, we take both of these church movements of, of our history and the beauty of what we have in a tradition and where God is taking the church now and we kind of have them hold hands. And one of those days that we've picked out and said this is a day we're always going to talk about is All Saints Sunday. This is All Saints Sunday where we remember those that we have lost. And so during the post-sermon song, we're going to pass around offering plates like we normally do. Uh, please make sure and put your intention cards in. If you brought them this week, if you've been waiting to do that, you can put those in the offering basket. But if you lost somebody, if you lost somebody this year, uh, or you have a friend that lost somebody, or somebody in your life that, uh, that was lost, I want you to come forward. We have a bell. And I've, I've been instructed that I need to show people how to properly do this. Uh, this is a thing. I, I'm not a handbell expert, uh, but this is how you do it. Everybody got it? Super simple. But I want you to come forward and just let it ring. Take that moment during that sermon uh, song. So right after the sermon, uh, come forward and you can ring, uh, ring that bell for those that you have lost this year. I know there's a lot of us here who've lost folks in this last year, and so um, I want to make sure that we have an opportunity to honor those that we have uh, honored and remember those that we have lost. We're going to be going through the Bible. Guess what, church? We're going to be in the Bible today. I know. It's crazy, isn't it? Crazy? Anybody got a Bible with them? If you do, you don't have to listen to the rest of the sermon. Awesome. <laughs> I was hoping that like three people would be like, cool, I'm going to get coffee. We're looking at Acts chapter 16, verse 16. So pull it up on your phone, because this is a long story we've got. We're going to have it on the screen for you, so you can read along with it. You don't want to pull it up on your phone if you don't like to do that. But if you'd like to, you want to make notes, this is going to be a cool scripture. It's a good story. It's kind of a longer story, but it's one of those stories that I think is going to really help us as we talk and think about what God is doing in our lives, especially this day. So Acts chapter 16, verse 16. One day... As we were going to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners a great deal of money for, by fortune telling. Sounds kind of cool. Amen? No? Just me? Nobody would think that would be awesome? All right, that's cool. While she followed Paul and us, she would cry out, These men are slaves of the Most High God who proclaim to you a way of salvation. She kept doing this for many days. All right, now, before I read this next part, although I know you just went ahead and read it, before I read this next part, like, you, you got to be real annoying to say that one sentence, because the truth of the matter is, is she not saying ultimately the truth? Y yes. Say yes, church. Okay, good. It, again, I have to remind you guys this, like, every Sunday, full contact sermons, when you talk back, it works better. Got it? All right, this ain't old school where I'm, like, at the school teacher, and I'm telling you what it is, and you just take it in. This is conversation, church. Amen. All right, now we're ready to roll. But Paul, very much annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I order you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. I say that to Ashley Cook, our guitarist, every Sunday morning. <laughs> and it came out of her. I'm sorry. I know, it hasn't worked yet. That's a good point. That's a really good point. 
And it came out that very hour. Now, this is where the story starts to get a little sticky, right? But when her owners saw that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. When they brought them before the magistrates, they said, these men are disturbing our city, and they are Jews, and are advocating customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to adopt and observe. I mean, it's starting to get wild and crazy in the middle of the city. The crowd joined in, attacking them, and the magistrates had them stripped of their clothes clothing, which is super embarrassing, and ordered them to be beaten with rods, which is super painful. I'll leave it at that. After they had given them a severe flogging, they threw them into prison and ordered the jailer to keep them securely. Following these instructions, he put them, listen to this, in the innermost cell and fastened their feet in stocks. Now, now, now think for just a second. Not only are you going to jail, but you're going to the jail of the jail, right? They're in the innermost part. Now, these guys were not doing anything but walking around and talking, right? They weren't um, murderers. They weren't inciting violence. They weren't walking around and, like, clubbing people's animals to death or anything like that. Like, this is not the kind of thing. This needs to stick out as a bit unusual. We get this detail because this detail is going to end up being really, really important. And they shackled their feet. So not only are you in the jail of the jail, but you're also shackled to the jail of the jail. Everybody got it so far? Say yeah. Yeah. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. I'm going to read that verse again, because the whole rest of the word preached today pivots right on that, right? About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was an earthquake so violent that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors wide open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself since he supposed that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted in a loud voice, don't harm yourself, we're all here. I got, yes, church. Boy, the church even liked that one. But here's the crazy part for me. If you're a prison, or you're a prisoner and you're in the prison of the prison, and the shackles just came off, naturally your, your, your inclination is going to be to what? Run. run. Why didn't they run? Hmm. The jailer called for lights. And rushing in, he fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them outside and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They answered, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. In the same hour of the night, he took them and washed their wounds. Then he and his entire family were baptized without delay. He brought them into a house and set food before him. And he and his entire household rejoiced that he had become a believer in God. Now, it goes on. Listen to this part. This is even crazy. When morning came, the magistrates sent the police, saying, let those men go. And the jailer reported the message to Paul, saying, the magistrates sent word to let you go. Therefore, come now and go in peace. But Paul replied, Paul, boy, man, this, this dude, they beat us in public uncondemned, men who are Roman citizens and have thrown us into prison, and now they're going to discharge us in secret? (laughs) He says, certainly not, but let me give you a a little bit of biblical translation advice. That's not the words that are here, 
It is exactly what you think it is. Certainly not. Let them come and take us out themselves. The police reported these words to the magistrates, and they were afraid when they heard that they were Roman citizens. So they came and apologized to them. And they took them out and asked them, please leave the city. After leaving the prison, they went to Lydia's home, and they had been encouraged by brothers and sisters there. They departed. This is the word of the Lord to which we say, Thanks be to God. Goodness gracious. I absolutely love the story. It's a tough story. There's tons of things to unpack, but a two-hour sermon wouldn't be that great. Amen? Amen. All right. So we'll get to it. But the Lord kept taking me over and over and over again to a certain part. This has been a crazy few weeks for for me and for my family. It just feels like, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just like the holidays are coming up, and so like everything's getting poured on. My son's applying to colleges. My my middle schooler's got a bunch of cool things going on in his school and and all kinds of things after school, and my girl's got stuff going on, and my little Copeland, it seems like he's picking up every single little sick thing that happens at the school. He's coming home with it. What is the deal? Can we talk about that sometime? All right, anyway, the Lord made all creation to remind us that it's not all for us. Okay, got it, got it, got it. But there's this big vote coming up, right? And so there's a ton of stuff that's been on my head and heart. And as a matter of fact, I was talking to somebody this morning, and and we were saying, you know, what's the stressful things in your life? And I was like, well, believe it or not, it's not the fact that I now have five children. It actually just has a lot to do with the craziness of the excitement that's coming up in the church. We got a huge vote coming up, lots riding on it, and I'm getting hit from all angles. You know, when things start happening in your life and the Lord starts carrying you in a direction that the Lord wants you to go, every single time the spirits come at you, bam, they start hitting you from the left and the right. Even if, they, even if you're doing the right thing, this man's going to try to tell you about your salvation. It's like those demons are just coming out, annoying you for days, coming after you when you're doing the right thing. That's the thing that keeps happening over and over again, being a child of God or a worker in the gospel, which is you. Tell somebody, hey, that's you. That's you. Means you will be beaten and you will be thrown into prison. And we have to sort of debunk this cultural theology that says once you have a relationship with Jesus, everything is wonderful. It's all roses. You'll have plenty of money. Everything will be great. No, it's just not true. Being a Christian means ultimately life is harder. It gets more difficult because then you're forced into situations where you're in the parking lot and you're parking a bunch of cars and you're standing in the middle of a parking space trying to hold it for some church people and a guy in a giant Jeep pulls up within three inches of your knees and says, get the bleep out of the way or I will run you over. And you in response say, have the parking space and may God love you always. (laughs) Kudos to my boy Jeff for not freaking out. Life as a Christian means reacting differently. It means holding yourself in a different way. But if I've been paying attention at all, then being a child of God means even more that the prison can't hold you. It means the prison can't hold you. Like with Paul and Silas, God will shake heaven and earth to set you free and all those around you too. So much so that the demons, oh gosh, so much so that the demons that put you there will come apologize to you and beg you to leave them alone because of God's glory. Somebody shout amen. So the question isn't if we will get out of the prison. It's not if we'll get out of the prison. Because we know the stories. The question is, when will we realize that God's already trying to get us out? But still all the time we're asking, "Ah, how do I get myself out? 
How do I work all the things in the right order? And how do I put all my gifts and skills and talents all into the right line just so it lines up perfectly? And, and, and what if I miss something and I'm not quite listening to God for a while? I just got to figure it all out on my own. We talk about this all the time. Like the jailer, we come and say, what must I do to be saved? Let's have some fun here, shall we? Alexa, how do I get to heaven? Interesting. I was sort of expecting better from you, Alexa. No thanks to you. Sorry, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, I know you're not. Let's try this again. Hey, Google, how do I get to heaven? On the website wikihow.com, they say, according to the Bible, there is only one way to get to heaven. Repent of your sins and place your faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. This should be noted that How about that right there? Woo! I love it. See, it's all about grace, right? We, we, hey, Google, thank you. You're welcome. We ask, what must I do to be saved? How do I get to heaven? As a matter of fact, the jailer asked a great question, right? He asked a great question. He, and he's asking the right person. But maybe he's asking the wrong question. Likely he's asking, I don't know that he's asking, how, what must I do to be saved, like as in the way that Paul's been talking. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. But there's also a possibility that he's coming to, the, that he's coming to Paul and Silas saying, hey, Guys, since y'all just shook the jail to the ground and I'm probably going to die, how do I get out of this mess? I think that might be what he was up to. How in the world do I get out of this mess? See, sometimes we ask the wrong people. Sometimes we ask the wrong question. So first, let's tackle wrong places and people. Asking the wrong places or people. I worked with a couple. It was a great couple. Sweet, sweet couple. About to get married. And they were having some trouble. And they said, Pastor, we, we don't really have much of a faith life together. I said, all right, what's the issue? They said, well, we can't pray. And, um, you know, our friends, uh, well, they had kids from uh, previous marriages. And they said, our kids um, are asking questions, and we don't know the answers to those questions. Like, we don't really know how to deal with that. And I said, well, you know, I don't, I don't really see you um, at church very often. I don't see you, um, you know, in the faith community very much. Yeah, but pastor, I don't have time, mainly because I'm playing soccer. I'm just kidding. That's not, that was just, it just, every once in a while, my humanness comes out of me. All right, church? I'm sorry about that. We, uh, elevation is not competition. Forest Hills is not competition. All the other Lutheran churches in town, not competition. We're on the same team, right? We talked about this before. We have the same job. Soccer, however... Lord, I'm going to have to confess something later. <laughs> so I said to him, you know, the problem is, oh, by the way, I love soccer. It's, it's just fine. I'm just kidding. The answer to your problem isn't that far out of reach. And they were like, really? Well, what is it? I mean, how do we get our faith life back together? I mean, how do we have the, 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 the answers to the questions that we're trying to ask? Like, what is it that we, that, that we do? And I was like, um, come back to church? <laughs> you know? I worked with a young guy. He was like, Pastor... God isn't speaking to me. I said, tell me more. I said, well, I keep talking to God, but nothing's coming back. I said, cool, man, that's good. I'm glad you're talking to God. Well, what are you saying? Well, actually, I don't pray very often. It's just kind of when I need help, you know, when I need something. All right, well, then how are you, how are you listening? He said, what? <laughs> I said, how are you listening? Are you spending any time in devotion or scripture? 
well, no, Pastor, that's too touchy-feely for me. I mean, like, you know, that's, there's a, first of all, there's a time issue. I just don't have the time to do it. But, 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 but it's really just too, I don't know, those devotions, sometimes they're too long, and then I don't understand what they're actually talking about. It's just too, too much. And I'm really very matter-of-fact, right? Like, I just need answers. I need to hear God's voice. I need to know exactly where I'm going to hear. And then I want to know, and I said, well, I know a good place for you to start hearing the words of God. He said, really? Where? Well, the word of God. I mean, right? Like, it's sort of like it's when you go to the doctor and you're like, well, you know, every time I do this right here, doctor, uh, my arm hurts. And the doctor says, well, stop doing that. And your arm will stop hurting. I mean, it's like it doesn't even make sense. These are silly stories, right? But we do this all the time. We expect instant answers. So we ask Alexa or, hey, Google, some really quick and easy questions. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, you're worthless today, Alexa. (laughs) Paul and Silas are in prison, beaten, but they're not broken. Now, they could have just started lamenting, right, or gossiping. Oh, we're in the innermost prison. We're in the jail of the jail. And they locked up our feet, and they stripped us naked in front of all those people. And I hadn't had a shower in a while. Now I'm smelling, too, and everything's going awful, and I don't have anything to eat and commiserating with all the other people around. As a matter of fact, it's all God. It's all your fault. You put me in this prison. That could be exactly what's happened. Even more, they could have started seeking whatever answered first. Hey, guys, let's try to figure out a way out of this mess, Right? We got some good power on our side. Let's get out of this mess. No, that's not what they did. They could have given up on God, figuring all was lost. It's not a crazy idea, is it, though, to just give up on God? I mean, you're in this mess. You're lost. You're beaten. You're broken. You're in this prison of the prison. You got shackles on your feet. So many of us feel like that right now today. You know who you are. God brought you in here this morning because God wants you to hear this message. You're dealing with loss or death or grief. Or maybe it's just a level of doubt that you're not really comfortable with anymore. And it would be easy to just give up and quit. I mean, goodness gracious, I could be spending my time drinking coffee on a soccer field. But that's not what Paul and Silas do, amen? They start praying and singing songs. They are stuck, so therefore they engage the faith. They need to be reminded of the good news. So they sing the words of the faith. They start speaking that scripture out. They start praying to God. In the midst of being stuck, they engage the good news because they need to be reminded that the prison won't win. Can you imagine hearing that in the prison as you're sitting around these guys? What boldness, what confidence. You're in the prison of the prison with shackles on your feet. All hope should be lost, but yet that hope always wins. The light will shine in the darkness, and brothers and sisters, there's not one darkness that will ever overcome it. So powerful that God shakes the prison to the foundation, to the bones of the building. Second thing we got to tackle. Maybe you're asking the wrong question. What's wrong with my life? Why am I in this prison? Why am I not free? I had this picture up behind me, hands on the bars, prisons. How many of you, I want to see a show of hands. It's okay. It'll only be slightly embarrassing. It's not going to hurt at all. It's going to hurt a little bit. How many of you have been seeing that as the hands of the guy stuck in the prison? 
Come on now. You looked at that picture and you thought, those are the hands of the person that's stuck in that prison, right? Or whatever it is. That's what it's supposed to look like, right? Absolutely. See, that's the problem. We get stuck in the way that we see things. Brothers and sisters, those are just as likely the hands of God ready to break open the bars. Stop looking at the prison bars as what's keeping you in. And start seeing those bars as the barrier that God's about ready to break wide open. And remember that this is not just for you. Paul and Silas get out of prison. And they get invited to the jailer's house. <laughs> which, is, which is crazy, right? They, they said, hey, jailer, take Paul and Silas and uh, keep them securely. So he doesn't just keep them securely. He puts them into like the worst possible space as if they are like mass murderers or they've got some sort of demon in them like the garrison demoniac who's naked and chained up to the graveyard. I mean, like it's that kind of prison stuck in the middle of this place. And then they go to his house. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine that dude taking you to dinner? Amen. Somebody say amen. Give Jeff some encouragement today. <laughs> I mean, think about how uncomfortable that would be. Hey, do you remember when you dropped the F-bomb on me in the church parking lot? It was cool. <laughs> Spend the evening, then, sharing the gospel. And the whole house was converted to faith. The whole house was converted to faith. The whole house was converted. This discomfort that you're in those prison walls, those shackles, whatever they are. You know what they are in your life. It was never for you. It was for the others who are in prison with you. And they're watching how you react to it. They're watching to see, to know what ultimately is going to happen. They won't tell you that they're in that same prison you are, but they are. They're sitting there in that discomfort. And because Paul and Silas sang hymns, the others heard the good news too. And then they saw it come to life when the walls fell down. Brothers and sisters, you have that same opportunity. So therefore, because God breaks your prison open, so therefore, you get to tell that story. You you get to be in the middle of that prison as it's coming down, singing those songs, praying those prayers, as all those around you say, how in the world are they dealing with the prison? Because I'm in it too. I want to know what to do. When you're in prison, don't look in all other directions. Look to the Lord. Come to worship. Sing the songs. Read the words so you can be spiritually fed and reminded that the prison doesn't win. We are the Easter people. It wasn't just about Sunday, Easter Sunday. It was about the Friday before because to get to resurrection there had to be what? Death. There had to be the death to get to the resurrection. The death wasn't the pleasant part. The Sunday was. But in that death, we received life and salvation forever for all of creation as the Easter people. Come on, church. But we still suffer loss and grief all the time, don't we? Anybody? Somebody say amen on that one. Man, it hits us all the time. Loss and grief can be debilitating, but grief is good, it's normal, it's helpful, but it can't take over forever. If you turned off my sermon a while ago because I'm energetic and spitting and sweaty and everything else, come back to me for one, one sentence. The only forever we know as the church is the resurrection. The only forever we know as the church is resurrection. 
three things on grief and loss. Number one, grief doesn't have an easy fix. Amen? It's a funny thing, right? It's like a lightning bolt striking a house. I'm going to tell you this every All Saints Day. You're going to hear this for the next, I don't know, decades that I get to be a pastor for you here. You're going to hear this. It's like lightning striking a house. It'll skip your toaster and blow up your microwave. It doesn't make any sense. Grief is funny like that. It'll come out in the middle of nowhere when you're least expecting it. It'll come hit you sideways when you hear a song on the radio that reminds you of your daddy that you lost 20 years ago and thought you were fine. Or the kid that moved out of the house in the rage and you're still working on a relationship. That grief and that loss is real and it's not an easy fix. The best plan you can do is get help. Get help. Number two, saying that we are an Easter people is the beginning, not the end. It's the beginning of working through grief and loss. It's the beginning of working through that time in prison. As Paul and Silas were there in prison, they knew the Easter story. They knew that the prison didn't win. That's how they got through it. Number three, no one, no one fully understands your grief. Don't let anybody tell you, oh, I've been there. I know exactly what you're feeling. No, you don't. Your grief is your grief. Your pain is your pain. That frustration that you feel, nobody except the Lord. And in your hurt, God grieves as well. But God chooses life. God chooses freedom. God chooses us. God chooses a different end for us. Death, grief, and loss do not win. The prisons don't win. God chooses life for us and for those that we've lost. And that changes everything. Your hurt, your prison, the one that God is taking you up out of right now, even as we speak this morning, will also be the good news that someone else in your life is going to overhear. They're going to see how you're getting through it. They're going to know and be uplifted in your grief and your loss, knowing that you are an Easter people and that they're going to be invited into that same relationship. I don't want to be alone anymore. I don't want to stand in the darkness of the prison. Every single one of those prisoners, their shackles came off. What should they have done? Run! But they couldn't run because something bigger was happening in their lives. They were hearing the good news in a way they had never heard it before and it was changing them so much so that they didn't care to run anymore. All they wanted to do was run back to Paul and Silas and hear more of the good news, more of the prayers, more of the songs, more of the grace and forgiveness of what it means to be an Easter people no longer stuck in the prison even as they sat there in the ruins of it. So get ready. Because if you're in a prison, the prison is about ready to be shaken to its foundation. Shaken to the bones of the building. And then God is going to lead you to an uncomfortable place. Sitting with that fellow from the parking lot. Those that were your captors asking you the question, how do I get out of this mess? And the Lord's going to use you to break open prison doors. Somebody say amen. Let's pray. God, you're so good to us. You light us on fire by your spirit. You hold us in a promise. 
you remind us that the only forever that we know is the resurrection. God, that's good news. Thank you. God, we come before you today. A bunch of folks in prisons. Whatever it is, God, you already know. And you are already at work to break down the walls. May the words of our heart, the meditations of our heart, be acceptable and pleasing to you, O oh God. And may your words spread beyond our circle. Lord, may you lift us up. May you draw others to yourself through us. Give us the words. Give us the strength. Give us the opportunity to break down prison walls. In the name of Jesus, all of God's children say, All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.